We'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for the 4th of July, 2016, continuing where we left off. This report is entitled, Dress Rehearsal for a False Revival, Evangelical Charismatic Emerging Leaders and Pope Unite for the Together 2016 in Washington, D.C. Now, I'm going to cover this from different, different angles, but there's a little bit of redundancy, but all of this is applicable as we're going to be looking at different different aspects to this. According to a news release from PR Wire titled, Pope, Adre- Pope Francis to Address Americans at National Mall Event Together 2016 with special video message, Pope Francis will be joining via video evangelical leaders such as Ravi Zacharias, Louis Palau, Michael W. Smith, and Josh McDowell, emerging church leaders such as Francis Chan, Ann Voskamp, Jenny Allen, and Mark Batterson of Circle Maker, and charismatic leaders such as Sammy Rodriguez and Hillsong for an event motivated by a goal to bring unity to all those who love Jesus. The event is called Together 2016 and subtitled Fill the Mall, meaning the National Mall. We want to fill it with heretics, I guess. I don't know. Nick Hall, the organizer of the event, who hopes to draw one million people to the National Mall on July 16th, stated, Together 2016 is about laying aside what divides us. Again, even though the Bible says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. See, they want, to, they want us to do the exact opposite. Lay aside what divides us. Um, and lift up Jesus who unites us. Jesus... Jesus isn't, isn't within a million miles of this thing, okay? Not, not the Jesus of the Bible, at least. Hall told one news source, we are coming together in historic unity to pray for a reset for our nation. Yeah, the reset is total apostasy, one world religious system where the false prophet and the antichrist will rule over us in the seven-year tribulation. That's the reset they're wanting to bring about okay so I'm, I'm here to translate what they're really saying it's been over 15 years since contemplative pioneer richard foster shared his vision of catholics and evangelicals coming together all of this is referenced this report here you can click on all of these things where these people said these things or, or came out with these things and over two decades since good old chuck colson helped author a document entitled Evangelicals and Catholics Together. It's been over a decade since Rick Warren announced his hopes to bring about a second reformation that would include people of different religions. In more recent days, evangelical leaders such as Beth Moore, Franklin Graham, and Kenneth Copeland have played their parts in helping to remove barriers between evangelical and Pro- the evangelical Protestant church and the Roman Catholic church. Again, by their fruits you shall know them. Something the Catholic Church calls the New Evangelization Program. So this is a program by the Catholic Church in order to bring all, the mother whore to bring all of her chicks that came out of her back to roost underneath her. The great whore. Okay, this is, all of this is, is by design. And it's biblical because the Bible said this was going to happen. According to the Bible, we know a time is coming when a global one-world religion will serve alongside a global one-world government, both of which will reject Jesus Christ as the Messiah and Lord, whether they realize it or not. The leaders and musicians participating in Together 2016 are helping to make that global religion a reality as they participate in this ongoing relay race of breaking down the walls that divide different faiths in the name of unity at all costs. Right now, in America, evangelical and charismatic leaders are calling for a nationwide revival. But will their revival be a revival from God? Or will it be a false revival? And is Together 2016 nothing more than a dress rehearsal for this false revival? A similar event, but without the Pope, also being called, has also been announced. This is called The Gathering, a national solemn assembly, which will take place in September in Dallas, uh, Texas. So that's, that's the next huge, gigantic apostate. I'm sure there's other ones in between, probably. But that's going to be in September, Dallas, Texas. And while there doesn't appear to be any direct promotion of the Roman Catholic religion 
as there is in Together 2016, there is a definite united we stand regardless of our beliefs scenario in the gathering. The gathering's motto is, quote, one vision, one voice, one agenda. The one agenda is ultimately to get you into hell, is what they're not mentioning. The mission, mission statement says the gathering has one purpose, to unite the body of Christ in America. All believers, regardless of race, really it should be to corrupt the body of Christ in America. It's really their real intention. Uh, all believers, regardless of race, age, or denomination, in prayer for forgiveness, wisdom, and provision for our nation. When I went to that thing with Todd Bentley, I didn't pray with these other people. There were times where they said, okay, hold hands to the people next to you. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. We kind of tried to sit in the back row, separate anyway, but I was not going to, but if, if the moment I started doing that, God's not going to hear me. So, no, this is not something, and then I look at the results of what happened there, and I'm like, well, I know, I must have did the right thing at that point, because, you know, the whole Bentley revival was done in a week. You know, all this stuff came out. So, to further explain its purpose, the gathering website states, whenever a solemn assembly or sacred gathering has been called in scripture, it has usually been called by those in leadership whether that be priest, prophet, or king, and it has usually been called by the leadership first. Even in America, our historical records verify that prior to every national awakening, the spiritual leadership of the day has placed a heavy emphasis on gathering in smaller groups for fasting and prayer, which then led to larger gatherings and greater change. National revival must begin in the heart of the individual and in the home before it can spread throughout the communities and nations. But a question that begs an answer then is, what would national revival look like considering the condition of the church and its leaders today? Will it be the exact opposite of individual revival within the heart and then in the home and then spreading out? It would just be, hey, everybody, let's just all come together at one big spot and let's have this big apostate revival of heretics together without any repentance without any fasting that's what it would that's what a apostate revival a, a false revival would look like and that's exactly what you're getting with together 2016 and this other gathering thing uh for example james robeson one of the speakers at the gathering has shown on many occasions his ecumenical stance with regard to the catholic church for instance robeson said in 2014 i believe there is an important spiritual awakening beginning in the hearts of those truly committed to christ in the protestant and the catholic communities he's one of the guys that's personally met with the pope uh kissed his ring the whole nine yards uh, it is possible that pope francis may prove to to be an answer not only to the prayers of catholics but to also those of protestants this devil actually said that james robeson one of the the uh charismatic uh tv evangelist guys pope francis may prove to be an answer not only to the prayers of catholics but also to those of protestants and you you see the blasphemous garbage coming out of that fork-tongued devil's mouth pope francis the most reprobate pope I have ever seen by far. Overtly, in your face. We've covered so many things with this guy. And yet, the Christian church, suppose, you know, by and large, does nothing to even say a word against this guy. This is how sorry they are. At least two speakers at the gathering, Priscilla Shire and Max Lucado... <laughs> So that they're going to be at the, Max Lucado is going to be at the gathering. Promote contemplative spirituality, a belief system that Christian leaders continue to ignore, even though it has been the cause of New Age occultic practices coming into the church, all by design. Remember, as I've said many, many times, the backbone of the coming one world religion will be witchcraft. I think the Bible makes that very, very clear. I mean, if the Antichrist and the false prophet are going to deceive the whole world, primarily through signs and line wonders and miracles, which is what the Bible clearly states in multiple places, then what is the source of those signs, line wonders, and miracles? Well, witchcraft. Occultic, satanic witchcraft. Which will be the backbone of the coming one. We haven't even really seen 
the signs, lying, wonders, and miracles. I mean, could you imagine if, like, everybody shows up to, together 2016 or this gathering, and then all of a sudden, then you've also got the signs and lying, wonders, and miracles to boot? Can you imagine how many more people are going to get on that satanic gravy train? Right to hell? Go, literally a, a train, really literally just going off a cliff into, into hell. We've seen nothing yet is the point I'm trying to make. We've seen nothing yet. This is just the beginning of, the, of, of, of that. And, and again, <laughs> I can't imagine what it's going to be like when, when all the other stuff kicks in. The signs of lying, wonders, and miracles. I mean, I can't even imagine. So, two of the speakers at the gathering, Greg Laurie and James Robeson, have both endorsed a book by Steve Berger called Have Heart, in which Berger promotes the idea of necromancy, which is talking to supposedly dead people. Okay? Scrying the crystal ball, getting in touch with dear Aunt Esther, you know, from the other side. You know who they're talking to? They're talking to familiar spirits. Spirits that were familiar with that person when they were here on earth. Spirits that quite possibly possess that person. And they can imitate that person. They can imitate their voice. They can imitate their every little mannerism. Because they were integrally connected to that person in life. So it's no marvel if these same spirits can counterfeit their behavior. And fool people. Necromancy is forbidden in the Bible and it was punishable by death. In the Old Testament, fortune telling, you know, looking at your, uh, trusting in these horoscopes and all this other stuff, it's all forbidden in the Bible. It's all under the guise of witchcraft. I've done, just key in any of those words in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. I've done many, multiple studies on it. It's all witchcraft. Every time I go by a psychic or whatever, I, if, if I'm cognizant of it, I'm praying that God will strip them of all their witchcraft devil powers, that he will save them if it be possible, but that they would not be able to deceive any more people, that he would not only strip them, but everyone they're working with in their coven, their witch coven, of their witchcraft powers. This is something that we can do, just going around whatever area we, we live in. You know, God can do that. Um, anyway, Lori has also promoted the ecumenical Rick Warren on different occasions. And Graham Lotz, another gathering speaker, recently sent on a letter to her followers promoting the occultic witchcraft prayer circles and the ancient mystic named Honey. Well, I don't know anything about that, but it's some mystic. When she was challenged about this, she responded by defending her statements on Honey and prayer circles. Why? Because she's of her father, the devil and of his lusts and of his works, she will do. Okay? He was a liar and a murderer from the beginning. She wants to see you wind up in hell. So of course she's going to defend her statements. You know, it's as simple as that. Why would a Christian leader promote a ritual of prayer circles, occultic, yet say nothing of warning about mystical practices that have entered the church? Well, 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 2 says, Now the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, capital S, speaketh expressly that in the latter times, which is where we're at now, some shall depart from the faith, giving, it should say almost, I mean, I don't want to correct the Bible, but it should say almost all, most will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits, which is what we're talking about here, seducing spirits, and doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. That's the norm today. The absolute norm, that verse. Nick Hall, another gathering speaker, who is the man who's directing the Together 2016, that guy of the Pulse thing, um, uh, he's, he's directing the Together 2016 that will occur in July in Washington, D.C., in which Pope Francis will deliver a video message of unity. Um, there's no question about his ecumenical persuasions. He's going to be there as well, of course. Bishop Ray Sutton of The Gathering is Dean of the Province of Ecumenical Affairs of the Anglican Church of North America and is involved in a number of ecumenical road to Rome, meaning the road leading us all back to Rome, activities. Sutton also advocates for the Catholic transubstantiation of the communion elements, a re-crucifixion re of Christ. Transubstantiation is when, and it's 
it's universal doctrine in the Catholic Church, which is where they're taught that the priests have the literal power to literally change the Catholic communion host and the wine into the, not symbolic, but literal body and blood of Jesus Christ. Therefore, every time you go to a Catholic communion and you take communion, you are literally re-crucifying Jesus Christ on the cross every single time. That's why you have to keep going back to communion to get your sins absolved because you have to literally have him re-crucified every single week when you go back to church in order to get your sins washed away. And then you got to go to confessional to also get your sins forgiven. Then you got to do this, and you got to keep the seven sacraments, and you got to do that, and you got to do this, and you got, and then it's, it's all works based, in other words. They want to turn it all into a works based system. And last, the gathering speaker, Leith Anderson, is an early pioneer in the emerging church movement. Anderson once said the only way to cope and be effective during this period of structural change in society is to change some of the ways we view our world and the church. It is what some call a paradigm shift, a new way of looking at something. Such a shift would allow us to view our changing world with new perspective. It is like an old map. Old maps from 1950 may have sufficed before the construction of the interstate highways and the expansion of major cities, but new maps are now needed, just like we need a new Bible every other day. Because the old King James isn't good enough anymore. So everything's got to be new and new and new. And the Bible says to seek ye the old past, wherein is wisdom. That's what the Bible says. Okay. Likewise, we need a paradigm shift for the future, is what this lady says. And, now, and again, whenever you see that paradigm shift where it's typically connected with a lot of new age, the paradigm shift they're talking about is taking us into the new world order, into the new world, into the one world religious system under Antichrist and false prophet. Okay. Um, sadly, the evangelical church has gone through the paradigm shift now and presents a new Christianity, progressive, emerging, ecumenical, contemplative. Christian leaders are hoping for a spiritual or national awakening, or national awakening but how can the nation be awakened spiritually and biblically when Christian leaders are leading the body of Christ in America in the wrong direction and not in a manner that is in accordance with the word of God? Yeah, obviously. Again, if the blind lead the blind, they'll both fall into a ditch. How is it so many Christian leaders find it so vital to show spiritual comradeship with all people when the Bible never commands that? The Bible says the exact opposite, in fact. Thinking this is how the world can be saved. We're not talking about humanity sharing a common kindness or respect toward one another or about people of different social, racial, or political views working together in various projects and efforts. We're talking about spiritual unity. While a Christian can and should live together in peace and harmony among fellow humans as much as possible, the Bible says that, there cannot be spiritual communion or a yoking up or a fellowship with those of the outside biblical faith, which the Bible totally forbids. I've already given you all the verses, just today alone. Which is that faith solely focused on the gospel message of Jesus Christ through his atoning work on the cross as an only means of salvation. How can Christian leaders in our nation, when so many of them are deceived themselves and are partaking in, whether they realize it or not, blurring the lines that separate the gospel of Jesus Christ from every other belief system, at the risk of upsetting people who admire and follow some of these leaders, these figures have become bl the blind leading the blind. They promote all kinds of dangerous, unbiblical ideas, books, practices, and people, and show no remorse, humility, or willingness to change when they are challenged for doing these things. Well, again, their conscience is seared with a hot iron. These are literally like vessels of wrath that are just leading the, the people astray. It's like they've been turned over to a reprobate, reprobate mind, knowing that they're doing things that are, that are reprehensible to God deep down and having pleasure in those that do them as well. This is why they have to take on more congregants and get more converts, because deep down they have a pleasure. It's almost like misery loves company. It's almost like the more people they have deceived, the more convinced in their own wicked heart that they're doing the right thing the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it the bible is very clear on that he who trusteth in his own heart is a fool the bible says there is a way which seemeth right unto a man but the end thereof are the ways of death proverbs 14 12 so listen <laughs> trusting in your own heart is is no is no uh is, is not the gauge you you trust in what the word of god says 
And if your heart contradicts the word of God, trust the word of God. So this is just insanity. This is pure insanity. Um, and it goes on to say, these things ought not to be so by those claiming to be leaders of the Christian church. I inserted this verse, 2 Timothy 4, 3 through 4. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead, meaning the living and the dead, at his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. And hopefully that's what I'm trying to do today to a certain extent because I'm, I'm trying to interject as much scripture to support what I am saying here as possible. Not just up here railing against something because I don't like it. I'm trying to show you biblically why this is wrong. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Again, it's what I'm attempting to do today here. For the time will come, which is now, when they will not endure sound doctrine, which is, I mean, this is so, this, we're so far away from sound doctrine. I mean, it's not even in the, you know, hopefully we've proven that today, just with this one study. They will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers. What do we see with all this stuff? Go into a Christian bookstore. Oh, this book, this book. You ever hear me really recommending? You gotta go get this book. Now I pretty much tell everybody, read the word of God. The Bible says that man will fail you. The Bible says, cursed be the man that trusteth in man and that maketh flesh his arm and whose heart departeth from the Lord. Jeremiah 17, 5. Don't put your trust in man. Don't put your trust in me. Trust in the word of God. Okay? Why? Because after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers, men or women. Okay? Having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from truth, and they shall be turned unto fables. Guaranteed, if you go to Together 2016 or this gathering coming up, you're going to hear... Um, you're going to hear a lot of lies. People are going to be turning their, their, their ears away from truth and they're going to be turned unto fables. And all these, oh, 40 speakers that together, oh, good, good. Why? Because they want to heap to themselves teachers. They want to heap it on. Oh, more apostasy, more reprobate teaching. Oh, yeah. Oh, it tickles the flesh. Oh, I love it. I have itching ears. I love all this, this garbage. I love all this non-biblical garbage. It doesn't convict me of my sin at all. Well, because they're, they're vessels of wrath leading you to hell, essentially. That's, that's their goal, deep down. They may not even be aware of it. Maybe they think they're on the, the right path. Maybe they're so self-deluded and so self-deceived. Maybe their conscience is just seared with a hot iron. Maybe they're literally on Satan's team and they're literal Luciferians and they know exactly what they're doing. I think it's a combination of it. I don't think every one of them are closet Satanists. I don't think every one of them are, are, are totally aware of what they're doing. I don't know. A lot of them are, I think. I do believe that. I think we've made a really good case before that a lot of these people in very, very high-level uh, positions, Benny Hinn, Copeland, a lot of the people in the charismatic movement in particular are, are overt Satanists. Well, absolutely. Yeah, key in Toronto Blessing Unmasked in YouTube. You will be watching my VHS videotapes that I sent to a listener in Europe that took him a while but he finally got them put up on the internet it was probably the last copy in existence because they were all taken out now granted it's a vh tap it is copies of a copy it's not the greatest quality but it's like 20 hours of footage of these people going into these charismatic and this was back in like the the 90s and the 80s slowing down the tongues reversing tongues hearing what they say off camera when it when you're done i could really come on uh, i could really come to no other conclusion that these people are all satanists they're all closet satanists that are acting like they're men or women of god rodney howard brown the holy ghost bartender all these all these devils and i had about nine or ten people come out of the charismatic church i was in when i discovered all this i i, I god first showed me about the king james bible and then i was all all of a sudden i realized all this apostate activity that was going on in the charismatic church i was in so i went to the pastor and I said, hey, you know, even if you believe tongues are biblical for this day and time, I, okay, let's say it is, we're not doing it right. You know, Bible says one praying tongues, two and three interpret. Now it's like the whole congregation praying tongues and one guy interprets. And that was just one of the things I brought up. And basically the guy at the end of it didn't yield to anything. Like I said, I've been through a lot with churches. And he, he comes up to me, looks me right in the eye, shakes my hand and says, don't let the devil throw you a curveball. 
I remember that encounter. And I said, don't worry, I won't. And I left, never went back. Of the, I don't know, eight to ten people that came out of the Charismatic Church, I showed them the 20 hours of footage. I showed them the King James stuff. Everybody was in total agreement with me. But do you know, within one to two years, every single one of them was back, as far as I could tell from the reports I got back, every single one of them was right back in that pig slop. And as the Bible says, as their dog returneth to his own vomit, and the, and the, and the, and the um, pig returning to his own washing in the mire, I'm butchering that verse, the pig returns to his own slop. That's what they've done. The dog has returned to his own vomit to eat it. It's exactly what happened. They knew better. To whom much is given, much is required. They were at a much higher accountability because of what they had been shown at that point. But hey, it's so, the thing about the charismatic church is it's so appealing to the flesh. So appealing to the flesh. If you haven't been there, you don't know. I have. I was one of the kookiest charismatics you could imagine, man. I was. I did it all. Holy roller, the whole nine yards. I did stuff that I'm just ashamed of. You know what I mean? Granted, was I doing it because I was trying to be whatever? No, I think I was very sincere. I think I was very sincerely deceived on a lot of levels. Did I love God? I really do believe I love God. I really do believe I was saved. I really do. But see, there came a point when God showed me, though, and it really was when I got that King James Bible tape that started to show me that because I was reading NIV, Amplified, all these other versions. And until I got that understanding, I didn't see what was going on in the church. I was blinded to it. I finally got a hold of that. Everything changed. Didn't mean I wasn't saved. But that's why I do what I do now. Because I've been there. I've done it. I've been deceived. I, I mean, man, I, I grew up New Age background. I mean... Parents totally secular is belief, you could believe. Lutheran middle school, Catholic high school, hardcore charismania. Had a charismatic guy kind of lead me to the Lord. He gave me the book and route to global occupation by Gary Kaw, which is a really great book. Um, it told about the New World Order and the Masons and all the coming one world government. It's pretty much right on the money. It's still a great book. They they don't use King James in there, but. Um, I've just kind of been through a lot of hardcore charismania all the way over to the strictest independent fundamentalist unincorporated King James only Baptist. The, the, you can't get any more diametrically opposed to that within Christendom, really. Unless you start getting into like literal cults, like Mormonism and Jehovah's Witness stuff. And I've had my experiences with those too. I've, I've, got, I've got teachings on Jehovah's Witness, Mormonism, just key it in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. So, I kind of I think I have a pretty broad perspective on that and that's why I want to help other people because I know what it's like. You know, or at least that's in part why I want to help other people. Um but anyway, that's 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 that report. Now let's go further. This is another view at this. And this is entitled Ronnie Floyd Lecrae Hillsong Unite with the Pope at Monumental Together 2016 Gathering. Uh so as in the reporting here, it says, as he has been thoroughly covered, as has been thoroughly covered elsewhere, the Together 2016 is hosting many theologically questionable people whom are widely popular with evangelicals. This rogue gallery includes Hillsong United. We're going to talk about them at length. We're literally going to have a whole, you, you, I could have done a whole study on Hillsong United today. Is It's going to be part of this teaching though. It's really been a long time coming with them. Uh, Christine Kane, Carrie Joby, Kirk Franklin, the rapper, I guess who goes by, his name's Lecrae, and his moniker, who happens to be Christian. Oh, aren't you doing God a, a huge favor? He's a rapper who happens to be Christian. Isn't that wonderful? And then Southern Baptist Convention President Ronnie Floyd yeah, there, he's part of it too, Southern Baptist. Josh McDowell, Tadishi, Trip Lee, Ann Voskamp, who goes by God's lover. What is that about? God's lover? That's, how, that's, that's her nickname. 
That sounds like some blasphemous stuff there. No, not not lover of God. God's lover. Ew. Really? Yeah. Anne Voskamp. Also, Matthew West and Roman Catholic musician Matt, Matt Mayer. Many of the people in the lineup have already demonstrated their devotion to heresy. For example, Kirk Franklin helped write a profane gospel album with Kanye West. He's one of the guys in it. He's with that devil Kanye West. And Robbie Zacharias gave an evangelically weak lecture uh, at the Mormon Tabernacle. I, I, didn't, I didn't realize Robbie Zacharias was that much of a devil. I had no idea. And often speaks with Christian figures of ill repute such as Christine Kane. Now Zacharias West and their compatriots will engage in a partnership with the Pope himself. This isn't a mere, deni- mere demonstration of lack of common sense. This is openly, flagrantly denying biblical admonition. See my previous verses that I cited, okay? If you want proof of that. Sadly, inappropriate partnerships are nothing new for the Southern Baptist president, Ronnie Floyd. In 2015, Floyd spoke at the ecumenical IHOP. No, not International House of Pancakes. It's um, it's that really, really, really heavy-duty... Uh, um, charismatic prophetic like where they have bickle and rick joiner and those guys that's ihop okay he's yoked up with them he spoke at their convention which was called one thing gathering hosted by nar luminary nar luminary that's another reprobate um sect of charismania nar NAR, Mike Bickle. Floyd made it clear, and then this is the guy that's the Southern Baptist president. Floyd made it clear that he believed the doctrinal differences between he and Bickle were minimal. Well, they probably are. Okay? Meaning the doctrinal differences between the Southern Baptist president and this really, really heavy duty, prophetically heretical sect of Charismania, IHOP, their doctrinal differences are minimal. Well, at this point, they probably are. He's probably right. He has taken a similar and more concerning position with the regard to Together 2016 gathering. In a letter he wrote to the event's producers, he stated, in 1997, Promise Keepers held their Stand in the Gap rally at the National Mall. Oh, I was also part of that, too. That was another thing I did. I went to a Promise Keepers thing in um, St. Petersburg, Florida, in probably that same time era, right when they started. You know, and I didn't, at the time, I didn't know any better, you know. And do I think everybody at Promise Keepers that I met were horrible people? No, I don't think that at all. All I'm saying is that it is a train that's going in a really, really ultimate bad direction. Okay? I met some really nice Christian men that day. I did, I remember it. Okay? But all I'm saying is that, and again, together 2016, you may go there and meet a lot of nice people. You probably will. But ultimately the train that that is that track that that train is heading down is the one world global one world global religion under antichrist and false prophet and the sooner you figure that out the better okay so i don't mean to imply everybody going to this thing and all bound for hell i'm saying if they stay on that train i'm saying if they stay in that movement and they don't figure it out and they're blinded by all this yes that's what i mean because that's going to be as you know diametrically opposed to the gospel of jesus christ as you can end up imagining so i I, it's important i make that distinction there anyway um promise keepers held their stand in the gap rally at the national mall now i didn't go to that at the national mall i went to the one in st petersburg i had the privilege to speak over to 1.3 million men who attended it from all over america it was one of the greatest moments of my life and again you look at all these big gigantic rallies they've had in times past and all the all the churches everywhere church on every corner all these big big you know rallies they're always having what what is what has the fruit ultimately been look at where america is today look look look, look at the weak-willed mealy-mouthed backboneless 501c3 yoked up with homeland security clergy response teams I haven't even got into that today where they're literally yoked up with the government to be spies on their congregants and and and, and they'll never tell you they're part of it they're sworn to secrecy and when they sell you out when the fema camp um bus comes pulls up to your church you know you're not going to know it hit you when they take you off to get your forced vaccination and take you off to the fema camps you're not going to know it hit you i haven't even talked about that just can't 501c3 the fema camps 
I've talked about that over and over. But I've, I failed to mention it today so far. That's another way they're going to sell you out. And that's one of the main, main ways. That's one of the most backstabbing ways they're going to sell out their congregants. What, 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 is all the, what is the fruit of all that? All of these rallies, all the books that have been made, all of the supposed big, you know, these revivals and all these things, that all, all of the fruit has ultimately been rotten. And it's all leading us to the one world religion. All of it. All these people that have wasted all their money and set up millions and billions of dollars into these ministries so that they can get rich and profiteer off, off um, you know, their, their followers and things of this nature. Oh, it's unbelievable. Anyway, he said, It was one of the greatest moments of my life. Unquestionably, the scene of a sea of men gathered to experience the Lord together was epic. Now is the time for another million or more people from our generations to come together at the, on the National Mall in Washington, D.C., a gathering of people from all backgrounds of life and every ethnicity, joining together in one place at one time for one day to unite around Christ. What, what a lie for the pit of hell this is. And his hope for America and the world. Our greatest need in America is for the next great spiritual awakening to occur. Even though the Bible says that evil men and seducers are going to wax, meaning grow worse and worse. Deceiving and being deceived. Even though you go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, where it says, And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion, that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned to receive not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. When you go to this and you, and you experience pleasure from yoking up with all of these Catholics and all of these other lukewarm people, you are taking pleasure in unrighteousness, essentially. You're showing that you don't really have a love for the truth. That they might all be damned. That means hell. Who received not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So you could say, you just want to get up there and rail against people because you think you're, you're Mr. Smarty Pants and you're right and you just want to prove that. No, I don't want to see these people go to hell. Because literally that's what we're talking about here. That they might all be damned. Who received not the love of the truth. And when you don't receive the love of the truth, what does that mean? That means you have pleasure in unrighteousness. Because if you're one way, you're going to be the other. I don't like truth. I like my ears tickled. I want to heap to myself teachers having itching ears. Maybe my conscience is seared with a hot iron. I've been giving over to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, and I like it. And therefore, I have pleasure in unrighteousness so therefore i go to together 2016 and i like it i like the vibe i like the feeling i'm getting do you realize that person is on their way to hell according to the, what the bible says the signs are there now could god deliver them open their eyes i pray to god he does i don't want to see him go to hell and i'm not saying that because i think i'm perfect i'm just saying i don't want to see him go to hell or like I think I've got everything figured out. But I'm just talking about, okay, let's look at the Bible. What does the Bible say about all this stuff? It's really obvious. So going further, uh, let's see here. So then it goes on to end by saying, what if Saturday, July 16th, 2016, which is, you need to mark that down in your calendar. You need to be praying about this was the day that God brought spiritual awakening to the National Mall in Washington, D.C. What if it, what if it was? What if God's righteous judgment came down in such a demonstrable way that these people would all realize they really, really messed up bad? What if, like, the speakers that were all on stage and all of a sudden it was like that story in the Bible where their bodies just started to be consumed with worms what if their tongues turn black and rotted out of their heads, their forked tongues turn black and rotted out of their heads in the sight of all men? And it was up on the big Megatron screen. I'm just saying, these are various ways God could judge someone. What if a pillar of fire came down and consumed them all in the sight of all men? I think a lot of people would all of a sudden get the memo from God. And I'm not saying you pray for that. But 
hold on. These people are taking these people to hell. So, is it more merciful for them to continue to lead people astray and so that they can go to hell? Or would it be more merciful for God to judge these wicked devils trying to take them to hell? Why? According to Psalm 64, that all men would see and fear and declare the work of God, that they would wisely consider of his doing, and that the righteous would be glad in the Lord and trust in him, and all the upright in heart would glory. See, that's biblical. When God judges wickedness, especially in the sight of supposedly Christians, good things always happen. Ananias and Sapphira. They got judged. They were struck dead. They lied. The church saw it. What was the result? And this was an axe. Well, many were added to the church. A great fear fell upon the Christians. But good things happened. People got right with God. I'm telling you, that's what we need. We need God's judgment. People are not going to wake up in and of themselves. They're not going to do it. Listen, I don't know if you've observed this in life, but I sure have. It is human nature that if you let somebody get away with something, and if there's no repercussions to that, Typically, they're going to keep doing it. Think about it. Did you have children? Do you never discipline them? Because if you never discipline them, you just let them get away with whatever they want to do. Does that change their behavior typically? No. Will they in and of themselves start to police themselves if they're never disciplined? No. It's not human nature. Human nature is carnal. Human nature is do what I want to do. If it feels good, do it. If I get away with it, I guess I get away with it. There's no judgment of God. But if there's judgment, if there's discipline, if there's correction, if there's chastisement, then that involves pain, that involves correction. Wow, people get their eyes open. People, not always, but they will many, many times change their behavior pattern because they realize there's a consequence to what they're doing. The Bible says if you be of, of God, if you're God's child, and you be without chastisement, then you're bastards. A bastard is an illegitimate son. So if you see a gigantic group of people, and this is the norm, I hate to say this anymore, this is the norm, and they're doing this kind of garbage, they're participating in these kind of meetings, year in, year out, and there's no spiritual correction, they think they're doing God's will, they're lukewarm as you could believe, they're doing their own thing and there's no chastisement on them well then they're bastards that's a sign they're not saved they're not christians when god took me through all this stuff that i went through i ultimately always end up having chastisement i always end up or being shown and now god can show you something and not necessarily chastise you like when he showed me the thing about the king james bible i received that and then he showed me the thing about the 50 to 20 hours of the Toronto Blessing Unmasked. I received that. There was no chastisement at all involved on God's part. Yes, was it a stark reality that I realized I had been deceived? Sure. But he showed me he didn't have to chastise me. Why? Because I accepted it as truth. It was undeniable. There was no need for God to chastise me. Okay? Um... Now, if he had shown me those things and I had not yielded and I had went right back into that pig slop as a dog returns to his own vomit, there probably would have been increasingly harder chastisement. I had one preacher that I went to a Baptist church and he would always say, well, God will start you out with, when he chastises you, he'll start you out with a fine grit sandpaper. And then if you continue to resist, if you're his child, he'll work you up to double lot grit eventually. I mean, double lot grit's like it'll take your hide off your body. So it's not like God will always start with like the most severest chastisement. He'll start you because he's a loving father. He'll start you off with, with a, with, typically with a smaller, you know, a nudging even. Um, and this is why we want to be receptive to the Lord, okay? What's scary is when you have millions of people worldwide that go to these types of things, that call themselves Christians, that are in participating in rank, heretical horrific 
uh, religious practices that are all moving us toward the one world religious system under antichrist and false prophet and you don't see an iota of chastisement on them or correction they're getting away with this and they're in there and they're reveling they're glorying in their shame as the bible talks about that's scary it's like whoa but then you go back to second thessalonians chapter 2 and it's all explained for this cause god shall send them strong delusion god's doing it that they will believe a lie that they might all be damned who received not the love of the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness but see they've chosen their own way they've delighted in the things which god delights not in they're 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 delighting in wickedness it's like you look at Romans 1, you know, which I know is primarily toward homosexuals. But there's a lot of things that would apply to other people too. They're being turned over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Meaning they're not apt, they're not fitting, they're, they're wrong. Okay? Their consciences are seared with a hot iron. They're given over to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And again, they're glorying in their shame. And the Bible says, like the Bible says of the one verse I read, and my people love to have it so. This is why God is sending the strong delusion. Because my people love to have it so. They've probably, God probably tried to correct them many, many times, potentially over the years, but they were resistant to it. To the point where he finally said, you know what? The Spirit of God will not always strive with man forever. I'm not, I'm not going to just sit here and try to chastise you and correct you your whole life. Listen, you want it this way, you got it. God will finally do that. He'll finally turn you over to that. And what's scary is when you see millions and millions of people that apparently fit that mold. That biblical description that I just gave you that is clearly predicted in the end times. Man, that's scary. I don't say that because I'm so happy about it. I want to see them come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. Get their eyes open. Not be ignorant of Satan's devices lest they get an advantage of them. I, I, I don't want... I, that's why I have this ministry. I, it's It's horrible. It's totally horrible. So really that could be one of the main prayers you pray for these people, you know, that God chastise these people, those that are his, and God does know the beginning from the end. He knows who's going to end up being saved and who's not. Okay? But that God chastise them, do whatever it takes, if he has to hang them out over hell for an hour to get to wake them up do so because it's better they get hung out over hell for an hour than spend eternity there god can do that literally <laughs> I and mean, there's been people that have said that that's happened to them you know so this is the state we find ourselves in okay uh so Going further, it says, it's incredible that the president of the Southern Baptist Convention, a denomination that has historically stood on conservative biblical truth, has not only displayed a lack of discernment um, by partnering with IHOP, dominionist. Now, IHOP believes in the dominionist philosophy, and you can key in dominionism in the keyword search box. I've done tons of studies. One of the main reasons I believe they would be an integral part of this is because they the dominionists believe and teach their their congregants that they are going to basically take dominion over the earth that they're going to make the world so good through dominionism through ihop through all of this charismatic um pseudo apostate revival garbage that they're going to make the world so good that jesus christ is going to come back sit on his throne and we're not going to go through the tribulation and all that that's going to be really basically done away with because of their wonderful holy spiritual influence on the world 
They believe that. That's what dominionism is. It's taking dominion over the world, essentially. And this is part of it. And I can understand why they would why they would be intricately involved in these things because this whole one world spiritual, one world new world order spiritual um, apostate church that's coming, of course they're going to be intricately involved in that. Because what dominionism teaches is diametrically opposed to what the Bible is. But it's very, very close to what the book of Revelation, Daniel, 2 Thessalonians, and other verses of Scripture teach about the end times, meaning this one world religion. They're going to be a total part of that. If you're a member of this movement, you're going to be a part of that if you stay in it. So come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Get your eyes opened. Start reading the King James Bible. Not yoked up with unbelievers. I mean, we're talking about potentially your soul and other people. And, God chast- and God's chastisement, if you're his child, should be an integral part of that. If you've been resisting it, God can make your life beyond miserable. Okay? He can take you through some serious, serious agony, but is for your benefit. I've been there before. I was there for about a year one time. Thought I was going to die every day. Horrible. Whole year. I was in practice. I was seeing patients. I was miserable. Oh, I was in agony. I've told the story before. I don't have time to get into today. But I mean, God's, let me tell you something. God's correction can be very, very, very severe. Where you wish you were dead. So, I don't want to see people go through that if they don't have to. Um, anyway, let's go further here. Uh, let me just read that last sentence again. It's incredible that the president of the Southern Baptist Convention, a denomination that has historically stood on conservative biblical truth, has not only displayed a lack of discernment by partnering with IHOP, Dominionists, but also the false gospel proclaiming pontiff of the apostate roman catholic church it doesn't take a great theologian to figure out that god is not going to bring a revival through false worship that he hates i mean there's not gonna be no revival through any of this okay so going further roman catholicism teaches many dangerous doctrines chief among these is the teaching that christians are saved by a combination of faith and works well see the council of trent canon nine of their doctrines just one of the many places Rome also teaches that the Bible is not sufficient, but that the Bible and church tradition are of equal in authority. This is what all cults do. They are a cult. They, I mean, they are a cult. They're, every bit of a cult is Mormonism, Jehovah Witnesses, Seventh-day Adventists. They're every bit as much. It's, it's just that they're way more entrenched and established because they came way, way sooner than these other more modern-day cults. Rome also teaches... Um, and these Catholic traditions are seen in things like praying to dead saints, uh, which is nowhere in the Bible to do, and the sanctification of Mary as a co-mediator between Christ. They believe that Mary is the, um, the co-mediator, is really the main mediator between man and Christ. And the Bible says there's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. There's not Mary's nowhere in the picture. We don't pray to Mary. We don't do any of that. That's not what the Catholic Church teaches. They actually even call her now a co-redemptrix, meaning you're redeemed not only through Jesus, but also through Mary. you got to go to Mary to get to Jesus because that's her son. And only, only she knows how to really appease him and get to him. This is literally what they teach. Okay, The Catholic Church teaches many doctrines that should cause Bible-believing Christians to separate from them, yet Ronnie Floyd, the Southern Baptist president, chooses to speak at a conference with the Pope. Now you can imagine... If you've got this reprobate devil at the head, and if the head is sick, the whole body will be sick. You can imagine how bad the Southern Baptists are. Now they're starting, they're literally starting, I put that report out recently where they're helping to build a mosque for the Muslims. And people came back to me that I don't believe it. I gave them all the the the, uh, the links to it, and they're, they nobody's come back to me. They can't refute it. I mean, they've admitted to it. They admit to it on their own website, yoking up with the Islam. You know, which is the movement where, you know, we talk about Chrislam, Christianity and Islam combined. We're going to talk about more of that later. Now, just as an aside, just to confirm this about the Catholic Church, here's just a little blip um, of information. And I entitled The Catholic Cult's Corruption. 
Vatican insider Malachi Martin's worst suspicions were realized. He worked for the Jesuit Cardinal Augustine B. and the Pope as both a scholar and geopolitical advisor from 1958 to 1964, when the liberalism codified by the Second Vatican Council burdened him to make a strange request to be released of his Jesuit status. Now listen, the Catholic Church has always been corrupt, but it got it, evidently it got way more corrupt at Vatican II. Okay, that's the whole point. In other words, there were people that once Vatican II happened, even though the Catholic Church is corrupted, they were like, listen, I can't, I gotta get out of here. Because I, I, this is just too much. Okay, and it's only gotten way worse since. Martin revealed that Cardinal B was shown the, quote, real third secret of Fatima, and that the Pope John Paul XXIII was not going to reveal the third secret to the world. He implied the content of the third secret involved the apostate superforce within the Catholic Church. Now listen, again, the Catholic Church is always wicked, it's corrupt, it's got the blood of the saints, the martyrs. And listen, that would be the case if Vatican II had never happened. It's evil, it's wicked. But basically this third secret said something about this super for this apostate superforce. So as bad as the Catholic Church is... They're, what they're saying is that, oh, it's really going to get bad now. And evidently before that, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. It wasn't corrupted, which is a total lie from the pit of hell. So take this with a grain of salt is, what I guess, the point I'm trying to take. make. Um, William H. Kennedy, an author who assisted Malachi Martin, wrote, quote, What Martin called Lucifer's Lodge, or this superforce, refers to a cabal within the Vatican that controls certain aspects of church policy and has set guidelines allowing for wide-scale sexual abuse by Catholic clerics. I mean, there's a whole legion of pedophile priests, okay? All by design, protected, you know. Put that report out the other day where the Catholic Church is trying to block all these things that legally, that they, 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 they won't be able to come after the Catholic Church about all of these clerical pedophilic abuse scandal i mean they're so wicked and evil and corrupt it makes me want to vomit the catholic church and yet they act all so holier than thou and the pope's up here in their long flowing robes and they got their incense and their their billion dollars of 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 catholic churches around the world and all of this and, and they're the most wicked evil disgusting corrupted pseudo-christian cult on the planet by far they are an abomination in the sight of god um, anyway, they have set guidelines in line for wide-scale sexual abuse by Catholic clerics, a number of whom are involved in satanic ritual abuse. This faction is a component of a greater conspiracy that operates within and outside of the Roman Catholic Church. Suddenly it became inarguable that now, during this papacy, the Roman Catholic organization carried a permanent presence. Now this was back in 1964, so you can imagine how bad it is now. They... they um, a permanent presence of clerics who worshipped Satan and liked it, <laughs> of bishops and priests who sodomized boys and each other, of nuns who performed the black rites of Wicca and who lived in lesbian relationships. Oh, yeah. If you saw what took place inside these, these nunneries and these places where the monks live and all of this, can nuns... In the keyword search box at contendedfortruth.com, I did that one report on that one that one nun and her account of what went on. The sexual abuse of the priest to the nuns and then the, oh my word, it's just, oh, it's horrific. Horrible stuff. And this is just one account of one lady and they tried to kill her and then, I, mean, I think, I, I think they did kill her, actually. She was able to come out for a few years and they finally got to her. Yeah. That was just one. Um, priests who sodomized boys and each other, of nuns who um, performed the black rites of Wicca, who lived in lesbian relationships every day, including Sundays and holy days, acts of heresy and blasphemy and outrage and indifference were committed and permitted at holy, unholy altars, really, by men who had been called, called to be priests. And this is supposedly a big reason why Malachi Martin came out of it. You know, <laughs> bottom line is, is unless Malachi Martin ended up understanding that the Catholic whole Catholic system is a 
is literally the the whore of Babylon is literally this this unbelievably horrific institution and got out of it and got saved. He went to hell too. So you know, I hope he did, but I, I don't. I've never really seen evidence of that. I don't know. Maybe he did. Um, I think I'm gonna go ahead. Yeah. Well, actually, you know what? I'm gonna do a little bit more, and then I'm gonna, we'll, we'll go to part three. Next report. Oh, actually, you know what? No, no. Let's go ahead and stop here. I'm gonna go start to get into the. It's kind of a little mini dedicated teaching on Hillsong United within this particular study. So I'm going to go ahead and end part two here. We'll go to part three next.